morning if you have them and turn to the book of Luke. Turn to the book of Luke. We're going to look at a character today. We were talking about it in Sunday school this morning. He's a very... Uh, if you've ever been to a Christmas play or seen a nativity story, you've seen this character in the play. He's probably in all of them. But this character, he's actually not mentioned in the Bible. We know he was there. He does belong in the he does belong in the Christmas story. But did anybody from Sunday school get any ideas of who I'm talking about? Anybody just have a guess of what character in the nativity I'm going to talk about today? Don't be afraid. Jesus? No, not that one. That was a good guess, though. <laughs> no, this one's actually not. He's he's not mentioned, but he's in all. The Christmas plays. And we'll go ahead and start reading Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them 
in the end. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for another opportunity to be here, Lord, especially on this very special day. And Lord, I pray that You will speak to hearts through this message, Lord. And I pray it will be a help and a blessing to each one here. In Your name we pray. Amen. Anybody have an idea of what character we're talking about? Yes? The innkeeper. That is absolutely right. Now, notice he's not really mentioned. All it says is there was no room for him in the inn. Now, if you've ever seen any Christmas plays or any nativity stories, I hope to do some here in the future. But the innkeeper, i got to think about it. He's always there in the plays. And the innkeeper, he's always kind of a mean guy. He's always kind of a grump. You always see Mary. You know, of course, they'll have the little kids dressed up like Mary and Joseph there, and you know, and the and the Mary, she's you know dressed up like she's pregnant and everything, and just looking tired and wore out, and you know, and yet Joseph, please, sir, my wife needs a place to stay. She's about to have a baby. Sorry, there's no room. You can go stay in my barn. You know, I mean, that's that's the innkeeper. Now we don't know that he was a grump. We don't know that he was mean, and we don't even really know for sure that he made them. Stay in the barn. They just might have snuck in there. We don't know what happened. It could have been a completely different person. But yet, this innkeeper, he probably made one of the biggest mistakes in business that anyone could ever make. He didn't have room for the Messiah. He may have been a nice guy. And when it happened, he could have, he, he might have been like, listen guys, I'm sorry. But I just don't have any room. I'd love to give you a place to stay, but you know, he could have been real nice about it. He could have, I mean, I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter because there was no room for him. He's always portrayed as being a grump. And think about it. If he would have let Jesus stay there, that inn could still be in business today. Um, can you imagine being able to have a sign that says, This is where the Messiah was born? You know what that would do for your business? I remember Dad. my dad said he was at a hotel one time and they had this little plaque in the room that said Charlton Heston slept here. That's Charlton Heston, but they thought it was a big deal. Can you imagine even today, if you had a hotel and, or a, a hotel maybe and you said, you know, this famous person, the President of the United States, stayed here or was born here. Imagine that. Imagine being able to say that the Messiah had stayed in your inn. That guy would have been set for life. Did you know that people still today visit the place where the Messiah was born? I had the privilege of going there back in the year 2000. I, um, we went and took a trip to Israel and we got to go see that place where they believed that the Messiah was born. And boy, the place it's all decorated up, all fancy and it's real pretty. And there's lines of people waiting to go through there and just see the spot where the Messiah was born. The inn? I have no idea where that's at. I don't think anybody really cares where that inn's at because that inn is the place where they said, no, there's no room for the Messiah. What a big mistake He made that day. But the truth is, that innkeeper, he didn't know. I believe if that innkeeper would have realized just who that was that was wanting to stay there, I think he'd have given him his room. I think I think if that innkeeper would have known that that was the Messiah that was going to be born there, he'd have probably taken the bridal suite and he'd have kicked the bride and groom out of there on their wedding night if he'd have had to. It would have been just the best for the Messiah. But he didn't know. He did not know who that was that was there. So what lessons can we learn from this innkeeper And one is always, always do your best to try to treat people the way that you would want to be treated. 
Matthew chapter 7.12 says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. You know, at Christmas we try to... It's good to take time and it's good all year, but a lot of times people will do it on Christmas to think about other people. To kind of just for a little bit get focused off your own needs and your own situation and do something for somebody else. And really, that's something we ought to be doing not just around Christmas, but all year round whenever we see people in different situations. I mean, this this really is kind of a sad thing. And it's understandable why the innkeeper is kind of looked at as this mean guy. I mean, here's a man with a pregnant woman. The Bible said that she was great with child. In other words, she was big. I mean, it was obvious she was about to have a baby. You could tell she was about... She was about ready to deliver. And they tell her, no, you have, you cannot stay here. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be treated that way. I remember my wife when she was having, I think it was Abby, when she had Abby. Boy, Abby, all of a sudden, she just came quick, it seemed like, all at once. And we were in the hospital, but the doctor who delivers wasn't there. And I remember, boy... It's getting close and she's in a lot of pain. She's wanting to push them. And I kept going and getting the nurse. I'm like, hey, you need it. Somebody needs to get in here and take care of my wife. She's about to have her baby. And they're like, oh, well, we're waiting for the doctor to get here. And then, and they just, they kept stalling, it seemed like. And they kept waiting. And she's in there. She's like, you know, I need to, she's like, I need to push. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not delivering this baby. And they won't come in there. And then it turned out it's because they, they didn't say anything at the time, but they realized that she was, Abby was about to be born breached and only certain doctors can deliver breached babies. And so, uh, let me tell you, those nurses would have done a lot better than I would have. But So it's like they kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, boy, when the doctor got there, boom, it happened. And I, Fortunately, I didn't have to deliver the baby. But let me tell you, I was feeling in a hospital... I was feeling pretty helpless at that time. Thinking, well, somebody please come help us. I can't imagine what Joseph must have felt like that night. To be traveling, to be in another town, and to have a wife who's about to have a baby and then not even have a room to stay in. I mean, it's amazing that this man was rejected like that. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I would never want to have to deal with that. And obviously, this man wasn't thinking that way. And you know, there are many times we come across people and they're in bad situations. And it's good every once in a while just to think, what would I want somebody to do if it was me in that situation? We've got to put ourselves in other people's place sometime. I think he could have done better than a stable. Like I said, we don't even know for sure it was him that sent him to the stable. But in all the nativity stories, the innkeeper's like, you can stay in my barn with the animals. You know, I think he could have done better than that. And a lot of times, we'll just do the bare minimum with people. We don't try to just go out of the way and do things the way we want them to be done for us. He was more interested in clearing his conscience than he was in showing mercy at his own expense. This is good enough. At least it's better than nothing. At least you're not in the streets. At least I've done this. Sometimes we just need to go out of our way. And maybe even sacrifice. Maybe even to our own hurt. Doing things for other people. I'm here to tell you that God sees that kind of thing. And He'll bless it. But either way, and there is going to come a day where we're the one in the situation where we need help. And boy, we want to make sure that we've done the right thing in the past. But most people, seems like they're not interested in doing something to make a difference. But you know what? We gotta be ready. We always gotta be thinking about other people. Put, put yourself in other people's place. Also, another thing we can learn from this innkeeper is don't be partial 
with who you can help. Now think about it. If you're an innkeeper, if you own a hotel, okay, if, I, if I'm a hotel owner, I'm not going to be real excited about a lady coming to stay there that's just about to deliver a baby. Because I don't know if you've ever been around it before, sometimes it gets pretty noisy. I'm pretty sure that uh, other people staying in the end, he's probably thinking, I can't have her having this baby. And my end people are trying to sleep. And if I if I do that, boy, they're they're going to get mad, and I'm not going to get any customers. They're not going to want to come back. It can be a pretty messy process. A woman having a baby, he's probably thinking about them messing up the room or whatever. And if he's going to help anybody, these aren't the people that he wants to help. But let me tell you, the people that we ought to be helping are the people who need it the most. Maybe people who can't do anything in return for us. People who said it may be a cost to us. We may have to sacrifice some things, but we don't want to be partial. When you when somebody comes across your path and they need help, we ought to be able to help them. Don't look at their situation. Don't think about how they could repay you. Don't think about how this might benefit you. He probably was doing all those things. He's thinking, this is going to hurt my business. You and I, looking back, we know that that could have made his business right there if he would have taken him in. It would. It would. It would still be open day. I guarantee you there would be a hotel over there. I don't know what they would have called it, but it would have been had something to do with the Messiah being born. They'd still be in business. But we don't want to be partial with who you help. He should have been more interested in being a help than being helped. That's what we got to do. Not just around Christmas. Try to find ways to be a help. One of the problems in our country today is we've got a whole generation of people that are just wanting somebody to give them something. What can this country do for me? And in this next election we're going to have, people are going to look at the candidates and most of them are going to look and say, what can that person do for me? People rarely look at what they can do for their country or what they can do even for other people. People come to church today and they'll think, what does this church have to offer me instead of what do I have to offer that church? This man had that same mentality and he missed out on really the greatest business thing that ever could have come his way. The Messiah could have been born at his place, but he was more interested in being helped. They probably, Mary and Joseph probably didn't have a lot of money. He might have had one room left and think, you know, I'm going to save this for somebody who's willing to pay top dollar because, boy, it's busy out here. I remember one time we were on a trip and we didn't get a hotel reserved ahead of time. And we got into this one area. We were tired of driving and we were wore out. We were, we were, we'd been driving, it seemed like forever. And we got there and all the hotels were full and we finally found one hotel that had a couple rooms left. And you know what? It was expensive. We had to pay a lot of money for it. You know why? Because they could. Because they knew we were desperate and they knew that there wasn't anything else. And he's probably thinking that too. These people, I'm not going to be able to get a lot of money. There's going to be somebody else come along. Somebody that's rich. I could, I could make a lot of money with this room. He was more interested in being helped. You never know who the people that you come in contact with might end up becoming. Can you imagine if you, uh, you know, you're a teenager and you're in the public school and there's maybe some kid in your school that you don't like. Maybe he's kind of a nerd and you pick on him and you, and then 20 years later he becomes president of the United States. And you're like, I could have been buddies with that guy. <laughs> now, look, he's, I picked on him though. Or maybe, even lesser, something less, maybe he becomes the owner of a company you'd like to get a job with. They always say you end up working for the nerds. <laughs> so you want to be nice to them. 
Well, can you imagine if that happened? You don't know who these people might end up becoming. Your neighbor, you don't know what they might end up becoming. Maybe not even be. Maybe uh, you know some of the kids. You know, you know, he's got to be patient with the kids in church. You know, when I was a kid, I was talking about in Sunday school this morning. I was a brat. I was annoying. There was a lot of people when I started preaching. It was kind of weird for them to see me standing behind a pulpit because they knew me when I was a little kid. But you know what? Some of these kids that are around here, they could be become great men and women of God someday. They could do great things for God. There's no telling what they could do. Be careful how you treat people. You don't know what they may end up becoming. To that innkeeper, all he saw was a pregnant woman and her husband. But you and I know that that was very famous. Joseph and Mary, they weren't famous then, about to have the Messiah. He missed out. You never know. It's something you always want to keep in mind. There's been a lot of people who've made it to great positions who started in very low places. And boy, wouldn't it be great to be able to say, I was one of the people that helped them. I was one of the people that inspired them. But so many times when it comes to helping people, we don't look at that. We look at what do you, what could they do for us. And we don't want to be, don't, do not be partial with the people that you help. And then also another thing that's important that we see here is don't get so busy that you can't be a help. The Bible says there was no room for them in the end. There's no room. There's just out of room. You know what? Many times we just don't. The reason people don't want to serve God, we don't have room for Him in our schedule. We don't have room for Him in our life. I'm just too. I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too busy to do anything for anybody else. I've got no room for those things. But what opportunities we must miss out on all the time when we do that? You know what? Sometimes you have to look for opportunities to be a blessing. Like, well, if something comes my way, you know what? No, that shouldn't be your attitude. You ought to be looking. You ought to come. You ought ought to be watching. Watch for opportunities. Look for ways that you can be a help to somebody. You know, it's amazing how you see that person stranded there on the side of the road changing a tire. And boy, what's off to the left gets really interesting. Just want to ignore it. We don't want to see it. Somebody, you know, somebody's hurting. Maybe it's somebody, they need need financial help. It's like, I don't, we ignore it. We don't do that. You've got to look for opportunities to be a blessing. If you're focused on your own problems, you're going to be oblivious to other people's problems. Philippians 2.4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let me tell you, you know, there's a lot of people that today, if when I look at their situation and their circumstance, I think, boy, that's tough. That's really difficult what they're going through. But these people, they have they're so focused on other people all the time, they don't even know that they're supposed to be miserable. Because you know what? They, they're always trying to help other people. They see other, they, they recognize people who have difficulties that are more, that are worse than theirs. And because they're so focused on other people, they don't have time to realize that they should be miserable. And you know what? They're happy people because they're doing good for others. And then there's other people. The boy, you look at them and you think, man, they should be thrilled to death with their life. They seem to have it all, but they're miserable. You know why? Because they're so focused on their own life. They're focused on maybe the one thing that's not going for them. And you know what? When you're focused on your own problems, you're not going to notice other people's. And when you're focused on yourself, you're going to get down. I'm sorry. It's just going to happen. And when you, but the Bible says, don't look on your own things, but look on the things of others. That is, that is the key. Don't get so busy. You can't be a help. And then, number four, this is going to be a hard one, but, 
It's commanded of God. Matthew 25, verse 35, if you want to turn there. But treat everybody like Jesus. Treat everybody like Jesus. I don't know. That innkeeper, I wonder if maybe he was still in business 33 years later. After Jesus, he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And I don't know, maybe maybe he found out. I don't so I'm I'm totally just speculating here. He find, after Jesus rises from the dead and everybody's talking about it. And all of a sudden, not long after that, there's the day of Pentecost where 3,000 people were saved in one day. And then the next day there was 5,000. Then the next day there were thousands more. They got saved, it doesn't even give a number. And everybody's talking about this Jesus character. Boy, I mean, everybody's talking about Him. And He's like, you know what? That's a guy. I didn't let his mom stay here that night he was going to be born. Everybody's talking about Him. Everybody's going to all these places where Jesus did all these different things. Everybody's going and visiting that stable not far from my business. And he's probably thinking, man, I blew it. I blew it. I don't know. I'm, to- I'm totally speculating. But I can imagine if he knew, if he found out what he had done on that first Christmas day, after that, if he saw any pregnant women coming, he'd have given them a room. Guarantee it. Treat everybody like Jesus. Matthew chapter twenty-five, uh, verse thirty-five. I want to read. I want to read some scripture from there. Just recently, we were at uh, we were in a Coles parking lot, and Jason he just happened to see a debit card laying there on the ground, and he picked it up and showed it to me. And I saw the guy's name. I looked him up in the phone book, and I called him, and he came to get it, and he gave he gave Jason twenty dollars for finding it. And boy, he was all excited. And I remember the next time we were in a parking lot, all the kids are kind of looking around. I don't know if there's any any debit cards out there. I was looking. But you know what? The thing is, stuff like that doesn't happen all the time. Opportunities like that, they only come one time. And that imagine, boy, he he had it, it had to drive him crazy. But you know what? He missed he missed his chance. That's why we always need to be treating everybody like Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 35. It says, for I was hungered. This is Jesus talking, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. This is talking about judgment day. Someday, there's going to be people that are going to stand before God and Jesus is going to say, You know what? You fed me one time. You clothed me. You visited me in prison. You did all these things for me. And they're going to look at Him and say, Lord, when did I do that for you? And He's going to say, When you did it to the least of these my brethren. The least of these. Not the important people. The people that we don't even pay attention to. The people that are insignificant. The people that can't do anything for us. The people that the world just doesn't care about. He says, when you did it for them, you did it for me. But then he also says in verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in a hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger and ye took me not in. Naked and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison and ye visited me not. 
Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Think about that. Nobody in here, nobody in this world, if Jesus Christ showed up with any kind of need, would reject Him. No, none would send him out in the cold. They wouldn't do. Nobody would do that. But the truth is, the Bible says when we don't do it to others, we're not doing it to him. There's going to be many. They're going to, he's going to say, "You didn't do all these things for me," and he's, they're going to look at him and say, "Lord, when did we do that?" And then he's going to remind them maybe some time when there was this poor person that came along, or maybe somebody, maybe I don't know who it's going to be. He's going to bring. Uh, to remembrance a, a situation in their life and an opportunity, and they're going to and they're going to reject it. And he's, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be sorry. They're going to wish they had done the right thing. But the truth is, when we we serve Jesus Christ today by serving others, listen, I can't I can't do anything necessarily for Jesus in the sense I can't visit him when he's in the hospital. I can't do those things. If he was, I guarantee you'd have a line of people waiting to see him. Whenever a famous person is ill, you know everybody sends them cards and flowers, and they die. They have all these big memorials, and people will travel long distances to be a part of the funeral, or whatever. I mean, they'll do all these great things for these people. But the truth is, when we when we do these things for or for Jesus, we can't actually do that. He's not going to be in the hospital. But if I go and visit one of you in the hospital, if you go visit somebody else in the hospital, or somebody even who's in jail. You feed somebody that's hungry. It's the same as doing it for Christ. And boy, you don't want to miss those opportunities. You don't want to be like that innkeeper. We serve Him by serving others and we hurt Him by hurting others. We do. And we don't, we got, we don't want to do that. Don't miss those opportunities. I mean, there, you know, it's, it's good sometimes just to kind of speculate on things. Just think about it. In your mind, what would you do? What opportunities have I missed? Have I been so focused on myself? Maybe even here recently you've had, you've had an opportunity, but boy, when you get that mindset of thinking about other people first, thinking about what you can do to help somebody else, and I'm telling you, God's going to show you opportunities. They're going to come up pretty quick. And boy, there is just no greater thrill than doing that. It's a wonderful feeling you get. Many today, though, they've not accepted Christ because they've not realized who He is. I think, I think most of America today, they know who Jesus Christ is. They know, they know somewhat the story of Christmas. But you know what? Sadly, many are going to stand before God on Judgment Day and they're going to say the same thing that the innkeeper probably said. I didn't realize who it was. I didn't realize who it was. You know, to him, it was just it was another family. It was another man and another pregnant woman. It was nobody special. You know, to many people today, when it comes to Jesus Christ, when it comes to Christianity, it's just another religion. It's just another of many gods. It's yeah, you, you know, they they know the terms like Savior and things like that. But to them, he's just it's just one more idea. It's one more religion. They don't realize that Jesus Christ, He's more than that. He's the one that can get you to heaven. 
He's the one that can. He's the one that can save your soul. He's the one who created this heaven and this earth. He's the one that all that there is it came in came into existence by. He is that special one. And there's going to be many that are going to stand before God someday on, on that judgment day, and they're going to look and they're going to. Just, I didn't realize who it was. They've heard about Jesus. They heard the story, but they didn't realize how important it was. They didn't realize that He was their personal Savior and that they needed personally to accept that gift of salvation. And they're going to say, I didn't realize who it was. They know the name, but it's never become personal with them. And boy, I can't imagine what the regret's going to be like that day. It's going to be that's going to be nothing compared to the regret this innkeeper may have felt if he ever found out just what he had done that day. Don't reject Jesus Christ. He's not just another god. He is the God. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's not. This isn't what we're talking about here. It's not just another religion. Jesus Christ. He's the way to heaven. He's the door. No man can come except through Him. Don't reject. Don't reject the Savior. You're gonna have. You have to pay attention. The truth is the reason most people miss it. They don't ever really think about it. They don't like to think about being a sinner. They don't like to think about you know, eternal punishment. They don't like to even think that somebody had to die on a cross to pay for their sins. They don't like to think about that. You're going to have to pay attention on purpose to that. Don't ignore it. because it's Just because you ignore something doesn't mean the problem is going to go away. Just because you know that innkeeper, he thought, "All right, they're gone. They're in a stable. I don't have to worry about it anymore." And you know what? You may be under conviction right now. And you know what? It it can go away. It it can. You you can learn how to fight off those things. But it doesn't mean you didn't miss an opportunity. It doesn't mean you did the right thing. So I hope you I hope you'll think about that and pay attention. Don't be like this innkeeper and say there's no room in in the inn. Make room for Jesus Christ, and we do that by making room for other people. So let's stand together this morning with our hands.